blasted. Blurred, rattled, crash, camouflage. You blood him, rattled, beast, circle, rattled. In the heat of battle, my father wove a tapestry of obscenity that, as far as we know, is still hanging in space over Lake Michigan. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Well, welcome back and Merry Christmas, everybody, from all of us at Take Me to Your Reader, discussing adapted holiday fiction, sometimes science fiction, <laughs> at its best and worst. I'm Seth. I'm James. And I'm Colin. And we're back to doing sort of a more traditional Christmas thing for our fourth Christmas episode. This is number four, you guys. It is, isn't it? Yeah, we've been going a while. So, Dang. And this year we're going to be talking about A Christmas Story, which is a 1983 movie starring Peter Billingsley, directed by Bob Clark, written by Gene Shepard, adapted from some of his earlier stuff, and he also narrates it. And so we're going to talk about that original material, and we're also going to talk about A Christmas Story. And you said he stars in it, right? He doesn't or star in not it. Not star in it, necessarily. He is in it. It's featured in it. Cameo of something? Cameo. What, I think... What, I think what, we'll, we'll, we'll be going to get there? All right, yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, and we will also talk about A Christmas Story Live, which just aired less than a week ago uh, as we're recording this. So, so previous history with the material. Uh, did either of you know that A Christmas Story is based on something written? Uh, only because a running partner of mine told me. Gotcha. Yeah, I think so. Because <laughs> I told you. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So this is one that I. Uh, I mean, I've been watching the movie since I was a kid. On like, you know, right. it's always on TBS or TNT or whatever. Yeah. Yep. But uh, yeah, up until maybe five years ago or something. So for me, I was I was walking through Barnes and Noble some number of years ago and came across a Christmas story and I thought, oh, it's a novelization, and then I started flipping through it and found out it was actually original Not. stories <laughs> that the movie was based on. <laughs> and so then I went to the library and it turned out that Washington County Library had a copy of it. So that's where Sweet. I read it. And then it was cheap on Kindle a couple of years ago. And I've brought it up as a possible thing for us to cover before, but uh, right. we're just now getting to it. So, well, that's pretty brief. So how about the movie? When did you first encounter the movie? Oh, I probably saw the movie back in the 80s. Really? I don't think I went to the theater to see it, but um, I think it went to VHS pretty soon afterwards. Yeah. So James, you, you right. saw it when you were a kid, when it was on TBS? Yep. Because right. it's pretty much aired. Like, yeah, it aired like all the time. Yeah. On cable television. So I have no memory of this Christmas. movie existing until I was in college. And then my, my freshman year, I used no to kidding. hang out. Yeah, I, I used to hang out with all the all the music folks because my sister, Megan, lived on campus. She was a music major and I hung out with them. I That's was, what you I get was, for being in Alaska. Right. Wait, this was, was in Alaska. Newburgh. That was in Newburgh, Oregon, man. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> no, but you grew up in Alaska. I did. Yeah. yeah, see, there you go. Oh, right. It didn't even didn't even show on Alaska right. because because they couldn't project it against the igloo. Is that, yeah, yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> well, the electrons don't reach that far. They're blocked by the aurora right. borealis. <laughs> I, I will say, I I do feel a great pity for for all of you poor people who grew up in places that it didn't always snow on Christmas. Although I don't mm. know about Cottage Grove. Did oh it? no, no. <laughs> okay, no. Christmas snow was a, a rare and much enjoyed occasion. Yes. Where it was taken for granted by by kids in Alaska because it you know had right. been snowing since sometimes late September. Usually, usually there was still gr- snow on the started. ground for Christmas. <laughs> yes, there were a few times though that uh, growing up where we'd have uh, what we called a Chinook, which is a south wind that would come in and just slurp the snow out of the city, and yeah, nothing. Wow, wow. 
Really? I don't think it was ever <laughs> green on Christmas, but but there were times where it was very gray. Oh, yeah. Just because when the snow melts, all the all the dirt that has been <laughs> yeah. put on the roads comes to the tops. It's really ugly. That's why spring right. in Anchorage is terrible. Stinky. So yeah. Yes. Uh, why there's a fifth season that we add <laughs> called Breakup, which is between winter and spring. Yuck. So Ugh. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Anyhow, got a little off track there. Um, so did, are we going to uh, podcast this by fiat and say our podcast are rules, or are we going to try and convince people this is science fiction? It sounds to me like you want to make the argument for it being science fiction, so go for it. Uh, I'm not sure. It was, it was just an open question. Generally, we have tried to go some length to saying something is science fiction. But last year, we did The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, which was neither science fiction nor uh, a Christmas movie, really, in any way. So I think right. at that point, we jumped the shark. Um, <laughs> so so now we're, now, now we're uh, what's the, the opposite is grow the beard, right? Um, that Riker grows the beard and Star Trek The Next Generation gets better. Oh, I see. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So we should strap on the skis and stop shaving. Uh, no, no, no. That was last year. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it was still fun to do, but, but right. do you, do you have any thoughts about whether this is categorized as science fiction? Boy, you know, I tried to fit it into Maybe. all the reasons we used for a Christmas Carol. There's not really any time travel. There's no supernatural events. Uh, there's a lot of hallucinations. Well, there might be on. one supernatural event. Which one? Uh, Ralphie uses mind control to get his gun. From his a little dad. bit, yes. Uh, a little Jedi mind trick there. Uh, he did speak in tongues when he was he was beating down Scott Farkas. Right? <laughs> he's like the so, Hulk. Exactly. Draw. Yes. No. He summoned the Tasmanian Devil, right? Yes. So, uh, although I didn't didn't call it out in those words in the movie, mm-hmm. but we'll get back to that. Yeah, we can talk about how canonical things are. Yes. All right. Yeah. So. It, for me, it's kind of tough. Usually, we do. If you're if you're just joining us, I'm, I'm sorry um, <laughs> for the first time. Uh, usually, we talk about what we call the story, and that's the common thread that unites the written and the adapted and the remake. And sometimes it's a very very tenuous thread, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's pretty much the whole thing because you have something really canonical. Mm-hmm. In this case, since it pulls from multiple sources, it's a little tougher to pin down. Um, but somebody want to take a crack right. at it? Well, yeah, we we briefly talked about this beforehand. I think we all agreed yeah. that the central plot is him trying to get his Red Rider, Red Rider BB gun. <laughs> right. It is not easy to say. Say the whole thing, Colin. Say the whole thing. Oh, my goodness. A Red Rider carbine action 200 shot range model air rifle with a compass and a stock and a thing that tells time. Yes. That is correct. Yeah, that is the the common story, I think. that And, and that – we'll get into the – the it's, it's the largest by far of the short stories, right? All the other ones are kind of tangential. Cause, and in yeah. reality, this one starts from the beginning and, and, and comes to conclusion at the end. Well, the film, but that's right? only looking backwards from the film, though, right? No, I know. I know. Yeah. Because yeah. the bookends for the, for the movie are... Yeah. are the- we're, uh, we're treating the movie as source, since I didn't know it was written at the time. <laughs> <laughs> this is another uh, this is, this die-hard is source case. for me. Right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Another since I've been watching it since I was a kid. So. The movie is canon, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, why don't we talk about uh, the written part then? Because in in the book, if you get it, and I do recommend getting it, it's quite delightful. Uh, it is made up of several short stories, or short stories, semi-autobiographical essays, really, about growing right. up in Holman, Indiana. Well, who knows how authentic or true. So, sure. Stories. Safe stories. Safe, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so first we have, as we've been talking about, the one called Duel in the Snow or Red Rider Nails the Cleveland Street Kid. That is the story about the air rifle. Maybe we mm-hmm. should talk about, about them individually at least a little bit and then, then move on to the movies. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's quite delightful. I like it a lot. Yes. Ralphie sees an ad in a – I don't remember the name of the 
the periodical he read. Oh yeah, Boy's Life. It was something uh, like a Boy's right? Life. Yeah, yeah. And decides he wants to get a Red Rider BB gun. He falls in mm-hmm. love with it. He has to have it. He tries to convince his parents and uh, slips up doing it. And his mom says, "You'll shoot your eye out." Mm-hmm. A phrase which is now part of our national consciousness. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> you'll shoot your eye out. Open road for boys, by the way. Open road for boys. Yep. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting too because in the the story, there's actually a framing narrative of the of Gene Shepard sitting in a mall or something, having a cup of coffee, right? And he sees some a woman with a shirt that says "Disarm the toy industry." Yes. Yeah. And she's and she's a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> he was in the automats. Yes. Who wants to ban guns for kids? Right. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much when I was a kid, any stick that was remotely, you know, like bent became a rifle. If, mm-hmm. if, as long as there was oh, one yeah. end you could right. hold. Yep. Um, yeah. 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 I remember there was a, we replaced our deck. We just had this, we lived in a split level house in Anchorage and we had this tiny little porch that came out from the kitchen and then went down to the backyard uh-huh. and we replaced it with a larger deck. And the, some of the support beams were kind of tapered on one end and then they had these two blocky parts oh. with an empty part in the middle. So, you know, the black <laughs> blocky part blocky part was the, the handle, you know, and in between there, there was an imaginary trigger. So we're like, M60, awesome. you know, because of course, Rambo. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Everybody that Ralphie talks to, everybody, he writes an essay and his teacher writes on there, you'll shoot your eye out. Mm-hmm. He goes to the mall to tell Santa Claus, you'll shoot your eye out. <laughs> yep. And one thing uh, I guess I didn't think about until you just mentioned it now. Um, so in the in the movie, we already he we already came into the story with him wanting the gun for no real apparent reason other than just wanting it, right? Right. We didn't get the from the like from the short story where he sees it in the open road magazine or whatever. Right. Yeah, and and that that's kind of the way yeah. it goes, right? You don't have to exp- well to me, you don't have to explain a little boy wanting a gun. Yeah. No, I understand uh, that. Yeah. It's. Uh, Maybe it's emblematic of American culture. We should, have, we should ask Michael Simpson. He grew up wanting guns um, in Australia, which, of course, has, has much stricter gun laws. So Yeah, but those are recent. They, they are. They are long-lived. Of course, they have spiders that you should probably shoot on site. So. <laughs> you know, I, I keep a BB gun in our, my house for that very purpose. You know, like eight or nine, depending on the size of the gun in the chamber, mm-hmm. uh, you know, several pumps will just completely atomize a spider. Yes. Which, if you want to see it dead, is hard because you don't know if you've right. just blown it away or <laughs> yeah. if you blew it away. I used to blast them with uh, rubber bands, and then and sometimes all that would be left sticking to the wall were like two, three or four legs. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, if you hit a daddy long leg just right, the, the legs oh, go yeah. in eight different directions. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. You want to walk through the other ones? We, we should at least mention the titles. Yeah, sure. We can, well, we can talk about the, the talk core about the, part of it. Generally, what yeah. they are. Yeah. Okay. So the next we have uh, the counterfeit secret circle member gets the message, or the asp strikes again. Mm-hmm. Yes. Th- this one you wouldn't necessarily know from that title that it's about the little orphan Annie decoder ring. Right. Yep. Not at all. Yeah. I liked. I liked the bit about. I'm. I'm in an oat. No, wait. I'm in an oatmeal family in an Ovaltine right. world. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because you had to have. Ovaltine, because you had to send out right. for for this decoder. Right That's there. one the other thing I thought was interesting that they they seemingly didn't they weren't I guess uh, well off enough to be drinking Ovaltine either. Right, right. He was going through the well. It's Depression era, right? Yeah, no, I understand that, it, but that never came up really in the in the movie. And honestly, I don't yeah. think he was ever drinking Ovaltine in the movie either. <laughs> just, no, but it just came out as a uh, the movie does imply commercial. that that he was at least familiar with Ovaltine because you know I can right. practically taste it now. You know, yeah, oh, that's true. I'm not sure that I've ever had Ovaltine. Oh, 
Wait, it's not really. It's a treat. Yeah. Yeah. Nestle Quick. This is kind of the same yeah. thing. Yeah, Hershey's syrup. It's better. Those Ovaltine. Are... Yeah. Ovaltine. Right? Ovaltine's far superior. Really? Okay, Except I missed for that out. it's gone now, I guess. <laughs> no, you can still get it. Is it still around? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> no man, I screwed up. I probably should have brought some. Totally should Okay. Oh, we should be drinking some Ovaltine right now. Okay. Hit pause. I'll be right back. <laughs> we'll just go down to Winko right over there. Right. <laughs> Why do they call it Ovaltine? The tin's round. Why don't they call it round teen? <laughs> Sorry. Seinfeld Did reference. Yeah. That's gold, Jerry. Gold. <laughs> hey, kids, don't forget to drink your Ovaltine. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah, that's where he... He comes face to face with the terrible menace of corporate merchandising. Yes. Mm-hmm. How could Annie have succumbed to that temptation? Just shocking. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> so then we have My Old Man and the Lascivious Special Award that heralded the birth of pop art. Ah, oh, yes. And this is, of course, about the infamous lamp. The soft yes. glow of electric, <laughs> electric sex. sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one's fun. And this, of course, this is where we get our terminology, and we get it from the movie, of course, for that huge mm-hmm. pile of DC merchandise that I won. <laughs> so for anybody oh, yeah. not listening, uh, or anybody not listening, I'm talking to all of you who aren't listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> there might be more people not listening than listening, so talk to larger audience. There definitely are more people um, the, the quantum wave function collapses. They, they don't become listeners until you address them as listeners. Um, no, I, I, I won the San Diego Comic-Con 2016 Ultimate Superfan Sweepstakes by entering once on the website. I didn't go to Comic-Con, just wanted, you know, there are limits to my nerdiness. Uh, and, and got something like, I don't, it was eight or nine shipments of, of boxes of various miscellaneous DC <laughs> crapola. Some of it very, very cool. I'm not going to lie. Um, my wife was not not impressed. Uh, but after after I realized, I no, I really did win this thing. After they asked me for a, what, a 1099, not a 1099. Uh, I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Oh, no, an I, a W9. A tax form. Yes, a tax form. There we go. Uh, yes. Then, then I knew, yep, I won this thing. And of course, right. I ate it on taxes last year because of it, um, because because it was worth like four thousand oh dollars. Uh, all this stuff. Um, but when it when it showed up, it it all got delivered, and we didn't even notice uh, that it was delivered at the time. And my son walked by the side light by our front door, you know, the window there, and saw all the boxes out there, and went, "Whoa, major award, major award!" <laughs> so, yeah. Major award. Yep. So I'll, have to, I'll put a picture of, of me with the table full of the first, just the first shipment. That's the first thing you shipment. have to keep in mind. Jeez. <laughs> I didn't realize you got like nine shipments. Yeah. Stuff. They basically Eight. shipped you an entire comic book shop minus the comic books. Pretty much. That's it's, what it sounds like. Yeah. Yep. So anyhow, uh, and then there's Grover Dill and the Tasmanian Devil, and this is the bully fight. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, which they do name check Scott Farkas. They do. Yeah. yeah but, but Scott was Grover's toady. No, 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 right. no. To- no, no. Grover, Grover was, was toady. his toady. Grover was the toady. Yeah, he's just not the one that. Yeah, so it was a mini, mini boss fight, not a boss fight. Okay. Right. Yeah, <laughs> he never made it to level eleven. I don't think so. Okay. No, no. the princess is in a, another castle. Yeah. And then the grandstand passion play of Delbert and the Bumpus Hounds. Now this one's interesting because when you read it, you're like, wait, this, this is not remotely Christmas related. And in fact, most of it's the true. stories are not Christmas related. Just the first one. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one is actually set at Easter, and it's not a right. turkey that the Bumpus Hounds get. It's a ham, which sounds fantastic. A fantastically delicious sounding ham in that story. When, when too. he's describing all the things oh, that she does gosh. in that, I'm like, man, I want that. <laughs> so, so, so we not only did we not oh, screw up on the old team, but we didn't make a, a baked ham. That's okay. what I'm hearing. Yeah, but my brother in law, Dennis, is going to make a ham for us uh, for Christmas. Really, we should have had a baked ham last Sunday for the live showing. Totally. <laughs> yes. Yes, we should. 
All right. Anything else we want to talk about about the the stories? They are very delightful. Yep. Yeah, they're good reads. Um, I think the Bumpus one was probably my favorite. I, I love how he talks about the Bumpuses. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they're Shiners. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I I think my favorite might be the bully fight, just because that's where you get the tapestry of profanity line, which is my favorite yeah. line in almost any right. movie ever. Um, and it's it's put in a different place in the movie. Oh, Seth, and I think sheltered it's a good, human being. I think it's I'm a good uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was thinking about it and um and the and the oh fudge thing, right. you know. And that, and that's in the movie. But and, and we'll talk about that later. Um but the the other part is after he realizes that his mom isn't going to sell him out, you know, mm-hmm. isn't going to tell about the fight and the profanity. I don't think the fight was right. that big of a deal cuz I think if she yeah. had told him he beat down a bully. Dad would have gone, nice going, son. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Um, but, uh, Way to go. It would have been easier with a Red Rider right. BB gun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Grizzly bears and bullies. Equally vulnerable. <laughs> the, but my favorite part of that is when he describes, because he's sitting there at the table and realizes, you know, I'm not going to be destroyed. And he starts eating food just mechanically. And then all of a sudden he just goes and upchucks. Right. And the yeah. description, <laughs> you know, old erasers that I had eaten, <laughs> library paste. <laughs> it's gross, but that hilarious. Was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Any other favorite? bits uh, from the see that that very scene mm-hmm. uh, helped ruin one of one of our christmas traditions for me oh okay well because we used to, you want to go there now or well so when we switched to talking about the movie and the live thing the movie and the live thing are so similar i don't think we can talk about them separately i think we'll just need to kind of weave in and i think we should give like initial impressions of both okay. and then just go into talking about whatever we want to so so why don't we transition now to talking about the movie okay um, sure you watched it a long time ago. I assume you've seen it a bazillion times as well. Oh, yes. Yes. And still enjoy it? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. good times. Yeah. James? Oh, yeah. 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 And uh, your wife is not a fan. No, she's not. <laughs> uh, my wife really likes it. Um, so, and and actually, Ditto. like, I don't know, when, when Ethan was seven or eight years old, maybe 10, um, my mother-in-law gave him her old BB gun. Like, it's an old one. Oh wow! <laughs> and, and, and I think it even says Red Rider on it. So, um, so she posted a picture of him with it, <laughs> captioned, "You'll shoot your eye out." <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out. <laughs> so, of course, she made him wear safety glasses. So, did it come with a bar of soap? It did not. No. no. So. See, I think that's something that the movie adds to the story. So, first of all, it takes all these disparate storylines and kind of weaves them together into a cohesive whole. Mm-hmm. But it has its own special additions. Yes. Um, right. Like the soap. Right. Soap okay. is, is mentioned in the story, yeah. but it doesn't really dwell on it and talking about the wonderful piquant taste of it and yes. uh the, the in one of the daydream episodes. Oh soap blindness. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> so let let's talk about the movie and then because we've talked about initial impressions of it, we can talk about the main plot of it here and then we'll just kind of finish with what we thought of the the sure. live thing. Sounds good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because there were a couple differences, but uh so you had wanted to talk about something. You had a story. Yeah, so that that scene about you know oh fudge mm-hmm. when he's helping his dad change yeah. the the tire, um, it used to be a Christmas tradition in our family that we went to the singing Christmas tree here in Portland, mm-hmm. and it was uh, just an awesome experience. And mm-hmm. then they changed directors, and the new director had a whole lot of Hollywood experience, and he made it a multimedia laser lit spectacle. Mm. I wasn't a big fan, and mm. the thing that was a tipping point for me was in this. This performance, which was usually quite religious in nature, mm-hmm. uh, was Ralphie saying, oh, fudge. Ah. Uh, <laughs> so you're saying it's no longer canonical. <laughs> Colin does not like the adaptation of the singing Christmas tree. <laughs> no, Rev 2 is, was quite a bit different. I heard that Rev 3, uh, they, they've gone back to be a little more traditional. 
Gotcha. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I did not know about the history of the Christmas. Uh, the singing Christmas tree in Portland. Yeah, we went every year. We bought special tickets to go to the 50th anniversary one that had a special mini Michael W. Smith concert in it. Oh, wow. Nice. That's neat. Yeah. Cool. What do you want to talk about, about the movie? Well, uh, I, th- I think they did a really good job with uh, how it got rewritten for film by J- right. um, Gene Shepard. Gene Shepard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, was going to say John Shepard. No, wait, that's not right. Jean. <laughs> Jean Shepard. Jean Shepard. <laughs> Um, I love the way he wrote wrote the screenplay to yeah. narrate or to bring all the all these short stories into a common thread. Yes, I and think I think it's a brilliant screenplay. Yeah. Um, given what we know that it's based on these mm-hmm. four stories that just you know follow the same yeah. characters, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and the idea of taking that the Red Rider quest right. through it as the through line it mm-hmm. was really really smart. And then setting the whole thing at Christmas in just a few days, right? So right. some of the stuff gets condensed, right? The like. The three-day uh, silent treatment that the parents give each other after breaking after the breaking oh, of right. the, uh, the lamp, you know, yeah. That, yeah, that gets brushed away essentially, yeah, because it's right before Christmas. No, but it was a it was a fair adaptation, like you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's and, a good adaptation. And like Colin said, it it adds a couple things, like the you right know, about the soap, the blindness, the, yeah, the little the little fantasy vignettes, right? Yeah, right. And he'll be pushing up daisies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His lisp is even worse when he's got a chaw of tobacco, right? Um, <laughs> Yeah. Well, let's talk about Peter Billingsley, because I cannot imagine recasting the movie. And I, I do right. not want it remade. Um, but we'll get back no. to that when we talk about the live special. But yes. right. um, but he's just perfect. I mean, he has that perfect face. He's a good actor. Um, you know, like when he when he steps on his glasses and that, oh, no. You know, I mean, it, it just breaks yeah. my heart. Um, even though, of course, it's totally his fault. Yeah. Yes. Um, because he shot his eye out. I think well, it, was, it was great in the movie, and I think... Gene Shepard was great narrating it in the movie. Oh, he's tremendous. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was a radio guy, too. Gene Shepard was. Oh, okay. So, so I think he sense. did some of yeah. his stories over the radio. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. And what better way to have the author narrate his own works, I think. Right. Yeah. Uh, there, there's yeah. no doubt about you know the inflection and the intent and all the little nuance. He right. knows it all. Yeah, yeah. And, well, crucially, though, and he he's used to radio, right? And so he's used to acting. Yes. Where sometimes if you listen to an audiobook and it's read by the author, like, I'm sorry. It's, you know. <laughs> no, that's true. Brian right. Green, yeah. you, you may be a brilliant scientist, but your audiobook is not mm-hmm. good um, because it's read by you. And you say things like, accurate. <laughs> that, that always stuck out to me. I was listening to like the, I can't remember which one of his books it was. It was about string theory. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he kept saying, accurate instead of accurate, which oh. I think, <laughs> didn't we see him? No, no, no. We didn't, we didn't see him. We went and saw Minchio Kaku. Yes. Um, Maybe but, he also says nuclear. Yeah. <laughs> nuclear. Maybe. But th- that kind of thing is, is the kind of thing where like in person at a, at a panel at a con or something or at a bookstore, um, you know, it's like, it's like homey and you, just how this person talks. But in a nine hour audiobook, right. it, it begins to weigh on you. I see. So, so I prefer somebody with a little more chops. Um, I don't think I, like. I can handle anybody talking to me for nine hours. So. No, probably not. <laughs> um, so Gene Shepard, his his big moment in the sun in the movie is when they go in to see Santa Claus, and they go mm-hmm. up to the line, and the the guy who says, "Hey, little boy," is Gene Shepard, you know, the guy that tells him the the line ends here. It starts back there. Oh, yeah. okay, huh. yeah, cool. So that's oh, that's funny. his cameo. I thought you were going to tell us he was the little kid with the aviator goggles on. <laughs> I like Santa. <laughs> I like Santa. Other things, other things about the movie. Well, you know, I don't think it's not just. 
I think it's not just Peter Billingsley who's a good actor, but think about the interplay between the mom and the dad. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, the kid that plays Scott Farkas oh, is yeah. just so phenomenal. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, to look realize. like an evil scuzzwad yeah. like that and to do it so well. Yeah. And, and I He's wonder, perfect for that role, I think. I wonder if he yes. had to wear that around his neck. Oh, you're Scott Farkas. You got beat up by a blonde kid. Yeah. I've seen him in some other stuff, and, and I, I imagine that's still what he's mainly known for, though. Yeah, and so Darren McGavin is the dad is so good. Yes. Um, the 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 fake swearing, the Johnson Johnson I'll have to drop in. I, I recorded audio of, at the end when the bumpus hounds come in and <laughs> he's completely livid and can't oh, yeah. even speak. And he <laughs> opens the door and he goes. <laughs> All right, we're going out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We will have to talk about that. And when, uh, they, when they're at the Chinese restaurant and they chop the neck yes. off the duck. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the way the mom gets the little boy to eat. <laughs> yeah. The piggy's pretty good. The piggy's like, oh, man, that is, that is true parental desperation there. Yes, it is. Okay, he's eating. I'm going to have to wash him and the table and the floor afterwards. <laughs> But he's eating. <laughs> Maybe yeah, that's right. all that matters right now. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I feel like the the casting is just spot on through, throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of, of a Princess Bride that way, where ev- mm-hmm. everything. Oh yeah. The, yeah. the 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 script, the director, the cast, yeah. all comes together and it makes this incredible thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Even it, I mean, it's good source material, but it elevates it. To, to have that that great cast and and the I mean the narration by Gene Shepard is just just yeah beautiful oh, yeah it's cool yeah. I can't move my arms I can't put my arms down <laughs> see now I remember that um, because there, there was a time when when winter parkas were substantially puffier than they are now um, there's one Seinfeld episode where George is wearing the Gore-Tex thing and like knocks over a bunch of wine in a store because it's so puffed up <laughs> it's Gore-Tex you it's know a thing yeah. yeah I remember I remember hearing, hearing the wonders of Gore-Tex and, right and I remember having my fingers or toes so cold that they hurt Ooh. Um, oh yeah even uh, through the boots and the wool socks and <laughs> yeah so I played hockey as a kid and uh-huh. be- because my, like my grade school had two ice rinks Outdoor ice rinks because you can. Sure, you didn't. You, um, didn't, you didn't do curling. <laughs> uh, no, no curling. It was broom hockey and hockey. And um, isn't yeah. what curling basically is broom hockey? <laughs> no, no, no. No, you can't run into people in curling. Uh, that's yeah. true. Curling yeah. is like human-based target practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like shuffleboard on ice, right? So. With a broom. Not, yeah, but you, know, you get to go with it for a while. That's true. That's yes. Not that I. I no disrespect to uh, people who do curling. I think it's fun to watch, actually. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah I, I think it's funny. So since <laughs> since we played hockey outdoors, I mean, most of our hockey games were outdoors as well, and in the evenings. And sometimes, you know, in in oh, February, yeah. you're playing hockey, and it's it's minus thirty, <laughs> oh, wow. and there's and Brutal. you don't you, you there's only so much thermal underwear and stuff you can fit under a hockey jersey right and so so when if, if you're out on the ice you're fine and then you come back over to the bench and there's steam going off of you and that's right. just your spirit leaving your body <laughs> um, but yeah i remember there were times where where and and there's only so so much socks you can put inside your hockey skates because right. they're plastic yep. you know yep. Yep. and yeah <laughs> it was fun to grow up that's there awesome. but there were there were some not very fun moments the best part was my dad always took me out for donuts after a hockey game so that's sweet yeah, and then occasionally we got to play at uh, at one of the arenas in town, like at the university. Oh, that's or, cool. Or, or where they actually play like NHL. real hockey, pro, right. pro hockey. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
Sullivan Arena or uh, Ben Bookie Arena. That was the other one. Shout out to everybody who, who grew up in Anchorage and is listening to this podcast. Probably just me as I'm editing it. So. <laughs> You're awesome, Seth. Yeah. I don't know what we were talking about. Cold and yeah, being desperately cold and how your fingers hurt. I remember going out lose. playing in the snow at Oregon State University one year. Yeah. And we were out there for hours throwing snow at each other. I went inside and I was really cold. I thought I would take a, a hot, hot shower to warm up. Oh, that hurts. And had like, <laughs> it's like, well, of course, there's no blood in my extremities. Yeah. You, get, you get the feeling back all at once. Yeah. So, <laughs> yep. And just for the record, I have totally stuck my tongue <laughs> to a pole before. You're Everybody sick? did it at one time or another. It stuck, you know, just a little bit because uh, I didn't stick my whole tongue on it like a moron. <laughs> it, it only takes a little, right. you know, just a brush against it to feel, yes, that would stick. Right. You calling Flick a moron? Yes, I am calling Flick a moron. I love that. Then he goes around with that Band-Aid on his tongue. Yeah. Oh, Flick kind of ah. takes it in the shorts, This the whole movie. I mean, he, he's, he, he licks the flagpole. He gets blamed for, for Ralphie saying... Fudge or some related word? No, no, no. That was Schwartz. Oh, Schwartz? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so he spreads the love. He does. Okay. Yeah, yeah those kids are all great, too, though. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Any, any other thoughts on the movie? You want to you move on? Any other favorite moments? Well, if you can't get it at your local library or from Amazon or some other place, you can watch it on TBS and TNT all day this weekend. Right. Yeah. Probably Christmas Eve. They, they yeah. usually do 24 hours of it, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I remember just turning that on and just letting it run. <laughs> yep, yep, pretty much. <laughs> yep. It's either that or the Yule log. <laughs> right. Well, why don't we move on and talk about the live special then? We'll 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 get turn yeah. this mother out. Okay. Get moving. Um, I was not disposed to be thinking positively about the live special. We we were disc golfing and and mm-hmm. Colin was like, "So what what are you thinking about this?" I'm like, "I I am not in favor." Um, right. I didn't know it was a musical. You didn't tell me that until you yep. came over, and I didn't realize it because I hadn't seen enough of the. I was surprised to find running. that too, yeah. Yeah. and I didn't pick yeah. it up until I read like something after we were there that day. Yeah, so this is not really an adaptation of the movie so much; it's an adaptation of the stage play, which in turn mm. is an adaptation of the movie or the source. But right, right, but but I think the stage play is a musical. Yeah, I don't know that there's a a non musical stage play adaptation right. or not. Yeah. So, because for me, like the dad is, I love Peter Billingsley. He's, he's great, but the dad cracks me up. Um, just, just the, the, the fake swearing, the battling right. with the furnace and all that yes. kind of stuff. Darren yeah. McGavin is just perfect in that role. And so the idea of having somebody else come along in there and be that character did not work for me. Um, but mm. Christy Montopoulos has chops, serious dancing, acting, singing. He was fantastic. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was, I thought the whole so, cast was really good. Yeah. The uh, genius of Cleveland Street was. I'm about a the whole cast, but okay. Okay, who didn't you like? <laughs> I wasn't a huge fan of Matthew Broderick as a narrator. I was not either. Yeah, yeah. I like Matthew Broderick, and I found the, the the Ralphie kid a little obnoxious. I think, yeah, I'm I'm not sure that somebody else could have done better. Yeah, um, it, th- that's <laughs> not to say I can come up with a better person for you. I just, right. I'll post uh, a link in the show notes to somebody. Somebody put a somebody had an article where they took a bunch of screenshots of Ralphie and the mm-hmm. the kid. He's a good singer, good actor, but some of his expressions while while singing and trying to act right. just looked like he was frightened or terrified <laughs> or, or, or horrified. Oh yeah, um, I, you know one advantage Peter Billingsley had was I think he was a little bit older. Yeah, one and two. This was live. Right. If you yeah. screwed yeah, something yeah. up, mm-hmm. it came out. And it did come out several times. Oh, yeah. It did. Yeah. I don't think he was actually terrified. I think it was just, you know, in the throes of passion of singing. Right. Um, the the yeah. expression 
you know, wasn't fantastic. Oh, you caught a micro expression um, and, and yeah. uh, didn't rock for you. Yeah, right. definitely. Um, but I'm with Seth on the the dad though. I think he was pretty awesome with the what he was doing, singing and dancing. Yeah, well, and that zoom in scene change was yes. oh my goodness. Okay, so awesome. yeah, we're we're watching the movie and, the, and I'll, there, there's a that was so cool once we saw what it was. <laughs> there's an animated um, CompuServe format image. Um, you got like that, a GIF uh, of that or something? Yes, yes. <laughs> sweet. I just didn't want to say GIF. Um, <laughs> I, you know, we are unfairly maligned those of us who say GIF, which is proper. Um, right. Actually, I don't care. But I'll put that in the in the show notes because it zoomed in on the dad's face and Colin's like, uh, video director, right. you need to you come doing? on, back off here, back <laughs> off here. And then then it zooms back out and uh-huh. he's completely changed clothes into a tux. Yeah. Actually, I I didn't think the zoom was bad. It was the the fact that it was coming in and out of focus. Gotcha. And knowing what was happening at that time, yeah. it's not a surprise anymore why that happened. Right. Okay. It is really, really hard when you're on a moving platform oh, yeah. to hold focus. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I hope that they release this so that we can watch it again sometime. Yeah. That's how much I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to give Kathy a chance to watch it because I think it downplays some of the school instant uh, school episodes, which were hard for her to watch. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, no one wants to see somebody getting bullied or teased or. Yeah. Well, and the stuff. So like the, the things that didn't work the most for me was the bully scene, the bully fight scene, because it's a stage fight. It's a stage right. fight. And and it's just not as there we're never going to recapture the, the stream <laughs> of obscenity that is coming out of out of him in the movie. Well, it could be still floating over St. Mich- or right. Lake Michigan right. today. <laughs> yeah. I I did like though that in the in the film, sorry, going back to the film for a moment, uh-huh. that, that it introduced that tapestry profanity thing, you know, and then the oh fudge thing and, you know, now I had heard my father right. use that word t- <laughs> twice a day for 10 years or whatever, you yeah. know. My father worked in profanity like other artists work in oil. It was his true media. Um, th- then that that dovetails nicely with then Ralphie pouring out a stream of obscenity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was good, but yeah, that that scene. Um, I was not a huge fan of Maya Rudolph. I thought she was fine, not all that much of a singer. Certainly, just not right. as much as the dad. So I, I felt like she kind of got. Upstaged. I was more impressed by the lady that played in the Shields. Jane Krakowski? Yeah. Hey, I didn't realize she was a dancer and, oh, yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the you'll shoot I've your seen, eye I've out. seen her in was... a few like comedies and sitcoms and stuff. I didn't realize she was a... yeah. Yeah, that the... talented. It was pretty awesome. That that uh, you'll shoot your eye out mm-hmm. thing was was another cool thing with the tap dancing. Yeah. And a couple of those kids could really move. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I like how they did the chalk. She, she did the... She smacked the chalk mm-hmm. to get the dust to create like that cloudy memory fog. Yes. yes. That was fun. <laughs> that was one thing I missed from the musical. I, if I think if I think about it, there's two things that I missed from the musical that I would have liked to have seen. One was the dream sequences. Mm. Yeah, those would be harder to pull off. Yeah, yeah, because you got to switch sets. You know, right? It's it's really really hard, and they did do it a couple of times. N- not to the extreme yeah. degree, though. But you know, we had a scene of Ralphie being the cowboy and saving the day, and right without the gun. Without, Without the, the gun, gun. <laughs> yes. I, well, I, yeah, I was, I was starting to worry. I'm like, wait, are they gonna are they gonna Hollywood neuter this and not, and not <clears throat> have him have a gun? Yeah, um, but no, they didn't. They didn't end up doing that, right? Because oh, you mean at the end? At the end, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other thing I missed was the the soap discussion. Oh uh, no, no, no! It was in there. Nope. He was he was outside the window. He was talking about. It. He did he did talk about how yeah. I can't remember what the name of the soap was. That was Life Boy. He did he did say you know piquant about the yeah uh, palm olive or lux palm olive and yeah. lux and Life Boy and yeah that yeah. line was in there. Okay. Um, but yeah, Matthew Broderick's narration, not as good as Gene Shepard's. Right. No. There were a few times where, where I thought, okay, Matthew Broderick's getting 
he's not as young as he once was. And I think he had to be running between sets and he was right. totally out of breath when he started the next line. <laughs> yeah. It's gotta be a hot workout. Oh yeah. I would love, yeah. uh, it'd be cool to see more of the behind the scenes stuff. Cause they showed us the scene where the dad gets his clothes changed yeah, that was yeah. cool. while they're holding focus on his face and then back and they rotate the set so he can back into another set. Yep. Which yeah. is so awesome. Yeah. And then he um, winks at the screen. <laughs> you didn't know what was going on here, did you? And then the other, what was the other thing? Uh, Oh, the flubs, right? It's a live production. Yes. So when, when you screw up a word oh, right. and you yeah. repeat the word, you know that that was a flub. Yeah. You didn't say it correctly the, the right yeah. first time. Oh, the, the one where they were in the kitchen, though. The mom and yeah, the put, dad put the perky back. That was great. <laughs> that was fantastic because, because you could see that she, she broke character a little bit, but the dad just went with it mm-hmm. and made it, made yeah. it just a, a playful thing between spouses. You know? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that put the perky, put the perky. Poking her in the butt. Yeah. I mean, what, it makes you wonder how much uh, stage experience they have. Because if you're on camera... The director calls cut, right. rewind it 30 seconds, mm-hmm. so you do it all over again, and it's spliced in editing. Yeah. Well, and my Rudolph is from, from SNL, and she, she's she been in some very funny stuff on there. But there's right. there's plenty of SNL sketches that just have people just openly laughing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then, like, right after that, uh, Matthew Broderick said perpetually. <laughs> oh, and, and then immediately perpetually. Um, about the uh, Aunt Clara, right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, had had the had the pink bunny suit. Mm-hmm. You look like a pink pink nightmare. <laughs> it's like a demented Easter bunny. I, I liked it as a musical. For yeah. me, it worked as a musical. Um, <laughs> also, because not only did it, so the 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 stories are comedy, uh-huh. and the movie is it plays as a straight comedy, and there's yeah. a lot of nostalgia mm-hmm. that goes on there. Mm-hmm. But the the musical added some things. Like they they played up the fact that the dad wanted his son to have a gun, like he had had. Yeah. And how the mom kind of watched out over Ralphie after he had you know been in the fight with the bully it's like mm-hmm. oh you right. forgot your backup glasses here they right. are mm-hmm. and those things i thought were accentuated more in mm-hmm. the musical and i think that's because uh the musical i don't know yeah i liked it more i liked it mm-hmm. it was more touching that way okay uh there was one additional thing that i thought was was non-canonical right at the end when he shoots his eye out and then then makes up the story about the icicle and and the live thing shows mm-hmm. that the mom did not buy it for a second Right. Yes. She knows. Yeah. Yeah. Which was she kind of, didn't she actually say that after the fight? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah they, okay. they, they totally showed that yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she yeah, knew. Yeah. Um, moms know. Moms do know. <laughs> yes. You might think you're fooling them. Right. You're not. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. About the musical. At some point, Colin comments, wow, you know, those trumpets were really rocking. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, sorry, I wasn't even. I didn't even hear them. Oh. <laughs> I was listening to like the the dad's amazing singing voice, and you were listening to the brass. Mm-hmm. It's just no. I was listening to all of it. Right. Yeah. 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 But you 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 have an orchestra guy's sensibility. I do tend to yeah. tune into instruments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I noticed it later. I'm like now I hear the brass. <laughs> <laughs> now I see it too. It was a good redemption. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, as someone that has done some technical work on on something that's live, mm-hmm. a, a church service, yeah, uh, I really appreciated the magic mm-hmm. putting into that. Like, yeah, they have to get to the next set, and it might be 150 yards away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I thought having actual automobiles that function probably helped quite a ways. Yeah, um, like yeah, we got to get over there. Okay, let's drive. <laughs> yeah. So the the biggest sour note for me with the, with the live thing was whatever the introductory the the pop number that introduced the whole thing. I think. One of you, James, uh, came in after it, so he didn't even yeah. see it. Yeah, I missed. I only caught the tail end. It was it, awful. Yeah. Um, I don't even know who the pop star was. I don't care. Oh no, I don't. I, yeah, I did completely miss that part. I think. Yeah, 
I came in during Ralphie's and yeah, Joe's scene. It wasn't a live yeah. scene. I mean, it was, okay. at least I don't think it was. It no. was auto-tuned. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was It was terrible. So well, I'm glad I missed it. I'm sure she's a nice person. <laughs> yeah. uh, we had the discussion about whether or not it was uh, recorded and they were singing to a track or right. not. And uh, I saw microphones and in yeah. some of the behind the scenes scenes, they mm-hmm. showed a grip holding out a microphone. Mm-hmm. So no, I, yeah, I think they were picking it up right there. Now I don't think we saw it live because we're on the West Coast. No, but I don't think they edited it for no. us. I don't think they did. Are you two sure, different- they were doing it in, in uh, out of L.A. That was on a back Warner's backlot, back lot. Really in Burbank? Yeah. No, but uh, for people, but they probably to watch broadcast it- at Eastern time. They probably started at four. Think about it, because it started uh, with daylight and ended up being dark, which would be from four to seven hour time. Uh-huh. And we started watching at seven, where there was no ambient daylight. Yeah, uh, very likely. It's okay. Uh, okay. I, I thought the, Darn. the the interesting there was an interesting adaptation. You ruined it for me. <laughs> Sorry, man. Damn it. <laughs> uh, the the um the goggles kid. The I like Santa kid was much much pervier. Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> though I did like um. Oh, dang it, what's his name? Greer. Uh, David something. David Allen Greer? Yeah, David As Allen Santa? Greer. Yes. So, the Chinese restaurant scene. <laughs> <laughs> Where It's coming up to that, and I'm like, what are, what are they going to do yeah, here? I, do. Because, I was wondering what they were going to do with Because I don't think that scene has aged particularly well. Um, and I and I did, I liked that they had the the kind of the perfect reaction from the, well, I wasn't expecting that. Oh, I like the guy <laughs> that they had from Community. That was oh, cool. Ken Jeong, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was funny. Well, and he's like, what, what did you, you expect? expect? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I liked that they kind of lampshaded that by mm-hmm. having the dad react and go, that's not what I was expecting. <laughs> Guess what lampshading things often causes difficulties in the home? Yes. It would appear so. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, mean, I, I said this during the movie. I can't imagine reaching up that skirt to turn the light on and off. <laughs> At some point, wouldn't your brain just freeze and go, right? It's plastic. <laughs> it's, it's plastic. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's a sculpture. <laughs> well, and then Ralphie, Ralphie kind of rubs his hand yeah, along, yeah. and his mom slaps his hand away. Or was, was that his his brother? Uh, it was his mom. Was mom. Yeah. yeah, mom yeah. intercedes. He's feeling up the lamp. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I you know, should I'm, you be in Forest Grove, Oregon, which is just to the west of where we live in Hillsborough, and you go around the corner from the theater in the Grove and down to the accountant's office at the end of the road, where it tees and look to your right, that lamp is in the window. Oh, yes, yes, I've seen it. Yes. So. No kidding. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's awesome. <Yeah. laughs> cool. Uh, anything else? Any, any any final thoughts on this? Hmm? Yeah. So one one addition in the uh, live special was was the view into Schwartz's house after the, oh, the right. terrible betrayal, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Which I really like. I like, you know, it's broadcasting in the middle of Hanukkah. And so I like the fact that they got a little they Hanukkah number Hanukkah. in there. You know, <laughs> yeah. a Jewish mother, mother knows best. Um, yeah. You've come to the right place. Yeah. <laughs> I was a showstopper. I and, and I appreciated that, that that development as well, right? In the movie, we know that he just screws Schwartz over. Right. In the musical, he goes over and he tries to put it to rights. So like, yeah. I lied. Yeah. And yeah. I, I like the little, <laughs> in the middle of the song, you know, Jesus was Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> so that was cool. Nice. Okay. Right. Uh, we won't talk about what we're doing next because, well, yeah, we will. We're doing Never Let Me Go next. So that'll be in January at some point. Right? Oh, no, no, we're doing Eagle Eye. There you go. So for our next episode, <laughs> we're going to be talking about an Asimov short story, All uh, the Troubles of the World. Yes. Which may have somewhat influenced right. Eagle Eye, as we've learned. <laughs> yes. And we, we, we will attempt to uh, untangle uh, exactly what it yes. influenced in there. Uh, Colin and I already watched the movie. Yep. You, you were I've still... seen the movie previously. Okay. I have not read the short story, though. I'll probably rewatch the movie again. Just to... I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll rewatch it again. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think it was that bad. No, it's not horrible. Yeah. 
So that's what we'll be doing for January. So look for that. And then after that, we'll, we'll come back to another listener request. Never let me go. Uh, we just want to do a couple fun things in between Children of Men and Never Let Me Go. Philip <laughs> <laughs> K. Dick and Children of Men and Never Let Me Go. On. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay, cool. So uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Yes, Ciao. absolutely. So Pavement Pounders blessing for the end of the year, of course. Um, I'll try something. May the road rise up to meet you and um, may you not shoot your eye out. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> may the May your awards be major. There we go. I guess. Yeah. And come from Italy. Fragile. Fragile. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we we can never say fragile correctly anymore. We always pronounce it fragile. So Okay, cool. Bye everybody. Right. Okay, so we realized we didn't rank them. <laughs> and and we're no longer sitting around the table. We're sitting all around one microphone. So uh why don't we rank them? Colin. Step on up to the microphone. Yes. There's only one thing. <laughs> Musical movie book. It is surprising to see you rank the book last. I, I do like a musical. <laughs> True. <laughs> it, it's almost like a redemption story. <laughs> right. TM. Uh, what about you, James? I'm going to go with uh, the movie, books, and musical. <laughs> Much to uh, Colin's chagrin. <laughs> I think I have to agree with James, although I, I, I like all three a lot. So Right. So it's not like anything was bad. It's just how much you liked better. Yeah. Yes, that is true. Okay. Yep. Bye again. I'd be the genius on Cleveland Street. Yeah. An intellectual elite. Oh, yeah. I could win an award, a trophy for all to see. The genius on Cleveland Street. The guy the neighbors want to greet. Mental machine, the genius on Cleveland Street.